0: Namaste, yogis and friends. I'm Kino McGregor.
1: And I'm Tim Feldman, and we would like to welcome you to Miami Life Center's podcast.
0: Hello, my name is Natalia Vasquez, and I guide yin, restorative, and nidra sessions at the Miami Life Center, where for the past eight weeks this summer, we have been exploring the eight limbs of Ashtanga Yoga. And these eight limbs are essentially a guidance system on the path from darkness to light within. Um, And I'm here to speak a little bit about the eighth limb, which is samadhi, which is really interesting because um, samadhi is actually a state of being that can't really be described. So On the one hand, there is so much to say, uh, and on the other, there's actually nothing at all to say. Before we get started, I'd like to share a little bit about myself. I am a visual artist, um, also focusing with mixed media on the internal path from darkness to light, and... I have a 12-year meditation practice that started in approximately 2006, so since then I've um, meditated almost daily and um, been able to resolve a lot of internal chaos that, before the practice of meditation started, uh, was actually consuming my life and made it quite difficult to lead the day-to-day Um, life. My first experience with a dedicated um, daily physical practice started when I was around 10 uh, through the martial arts and for about a decade um, that was the main focus and guidance system in in my life Um, and I now hold a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. Because of my Personal experiences with internal chaos, I realized the importance of uh, taking the time to be still and create a sense of calm in the very moment, um, starting with the observation of what was actually going on inside. The results of this uh, dedicated practice of stillness and focus on the breath um, not only helped me return to a sense of clarity and internal understanding, but it now means that I can function in the present moment no longer haunted by the past. And this led me to found... um, or to establish heart and brain, which is a space specifically designed for um, restful practices, so yin, restorative, nidra, meditative practices, also focusing on the energy of these practices, uh, merged with create creative practices. Um, to return to our innate sense of creativity, and with that, I'll say that you are a creative being. How does that feel to hear that? Do you believe it um, to be true? Hold that thought in your mind for a moment, and um, we'll actually convert it to an "I am" statement. So. Say within your mind, I am a creative being. And before we get started on samadhi, let's take five steady breaths together. So inhale, and exhale. inhale and exhale ujjayi breaths in and out your nose Maybe you want to continue to follow your breath as you listen. Samadhi is essentially a return to source. So the statement, I am a creative being, is essentially um, a guidance statement to reconnect you to the divine creator. Samadhi is the eighth limb, and it is the third part of the last three meditative limbs. Um, So we'll just give a little bit of a recap um, on the actual eight limbs. So at the very foundation are the yamas and the niyamas, The yamas and the niyamas are an ethical foundation for our life. So with the yamas we consider ahimsa, which is non-violence, satya, which is truthfulness, asteya, which is non-stealing, brahmacharya, which is non-excess, which is often um, translated or expressed as celibacy, but it's essentially a way to direct your energy. Aparigraha, which is non-possessiveness or non-greed. And Tim Feldman, one of the founders of the Miami Life Center, actually leads a full talk on the yamas, so if you'd like to know more about that, then listen to his episode. Um, And when we go into the niyamas, we have saucha, which is purity or cleanliness. Santosha, which is contentment. Tapas, which is self-discipline or the training of the senses. Uh, Svadhyaya, which is self-study or the inner exploration of the self. And Ishvara Pranidhana, which is surrender. Um, and this surrender is to um, God or to a higher unifying source. And it 's important to consider that um, you can use your own interpretation of what God is um, you can um, this is, yoga is beyond um, religious belief um, it, it actually is a path that can be used simultaneously with any other um, system and the only thing is uh, to consider is to be careful of any dogmatic belief systems that are judgmental of others because essentially what we're trying to um, establish or to attain as we walk along this path is a sense of union where there's a a respect and an equality among all beings. And for more information on... The Niyamas, um, Kino McGregor, who is the other founder of the Miami Life Center, um, is she gives a great talk uh, on the Niyamas, so listen to her episode for that. Um, and when we consider the Yamas and Niyamas, I would just like to say that it, another thing to be careful with is to um, consider the social persona So how we apply these things like truthfulness and contentment and um, discipline and all of these things out in the world where people can see us versus um, the inner world or ourself and how we actually apply these things like nonviolence and truthfulness, non-stealing within the realms of our own mind, thought, emotion um, and within the experience of our inner world. The third limb is the asana limb, which is the physical postures. And um, that's probably one of the most popular limbs um, nowadays uh, because it's, it's a physical, physical practice. So it's, it's um, something that we do by moving our body and connecting with people in social spaces Um, And for more on that, Emilia Arenas uh, gives a great talk, so you can listen to her episode. Um, The fourth limb is pranayama, and pranayama is actually uh, the first limb to start to send our awareness inward um, as we begin to follow our breath uh, within our body and imagine it going up the shushubna channel, which is basically going up energetically through the spine, Um, we're able to connect um, beyond the external physicality of our body into the sensitive um, internal structures and even the energetic structure of our body. Um, And it is actually beyond structure. It goes into energy. Um, and for that, Mark Linksman um, gives a talk and an actual practice of pranayama in episode four. So you can check in into that episode for more information on pranayama. Um, pratyahara is a withdrawal of the senses. So we rely on touch, hearing, taste, smell and scent um, and sight for... Um, for our understanding of the world as we know it. But what happens when we begin to withdraw and lift our awareness off of these senses? um, This is um, when we begin to tune in beyond that into a level of intuition, which could be called our sixth sense, um, a a level of, of the mind, of divine seeing, where you begin to see, even with closed eyes, um, so that's an important aspect of, uh, along the path to samadhi because, um, when we start to withdraw from the senses, we are able to connect to, uh, divinity, to what exists beyond us as physical beings. And for that, check out Ch- Chase Bosart 's talk on episode five, um, The sixth limb is uh, dharana, which is actually a steady and focused practice of concentration. Um, It is concentrating on a single focus point, um, which can be anything from a physical object. You can start by looking at the flame of a candle or at a flower or um, at a statue of, of, a, of a deity or, or something that you um, uphold. Um, or it can also be a symbolic, non-physical object, which is relevant to your own spiritual practice. So again, just imagining a deity. Or it can be a focus on a mantra, um, something that you repeat in your mind. Or it could be the focus... Um, and the following of your breath as it moves within you or it could be the focus on a chakra or energetic center where you hold um, your awareness in that space and then see what begins to uh, appear um, through that focus Um, and um, through these observations you're able to um, start to calm your mind because as you hold a focus you don't necessarily stop thought you don't stop emotion it keeps going through but with the focus on whatever you've chosen um, whatever comes through begins to reveal itself possibly as patterns or or symbols um, where you can begin to create some kind of understanding of your inner world Um, and for more information on dharana You can listen to episode six of this series, um, also given by Tim Feldman. The seventh limb is Dhyana, and it follows Dharana, where you go beyond the focus on this specific point to begin to enter a meditative state. So, through the single pointed focus, your mind is able to um, begin to clear itself. And once it becomes clear, this meditative state um, begins to fill that experience that you're having. Um, You have, through the steady mind, you gain awareness and you begin to transcend yourself beyond senses, beyond thought, beyond emotion. Um, and for more information on, on dhyana or meditation, um, you can listen to the talk by Alexandra Santos. So, what is samadhi then? Um, if dhyana is this meditative state, then um, how do we go beyond a meditative state? Uh, Samadhi is actually said to be this state where you are completely absorbed in meditation, where um, the awareness of yourself in meditation, the process of meditation, and the object that you're focusing on to enter meditation all merge into one. So in this state, you can actually move from a space of knowledge and intellect into a space of wisdom and truth. You move from a space of a separate individual self um, into a state that is merged with the divine universal being, where we realize that everything that exists, exists within us, and we exist within everything. So one of the first questions to ask ourselves when um, sitting down for meditation is, Who am I? Who am I? What is my purpose? And those questions can be applied to all of the limbs, and also when we um, are practicing asana, pranayama, and entering into the meditative um, part limbs, it's important to insert the yamas and the niyamas. So. How do you apply them into your asana practice? How do you apply them into um, your breathing practice? And how do you apply them when you are sitting down, watching your thoughts stream past, feeling the emotions that may or may not be present in the moment, and um, honoring yourself in stillness? How do you apply these ethical codes that we apply to the external world to a sense of kindness, love, and acceptance in your internal world. Within the limb of samadhi on its own, there are multiple layers of samadhi. Um, And I won't get into the Sanskrit terminology here um, because of the simple fact that samadhi is beyond intellect. So we'll just keep it very simple in terminology to um, understand the concepts um, more so than any intellectual aspect of it. In the first level, it's said that all thought can be surpassed. When in meditation in this state, time and space seem to expand. Um, There is a sense of awareness that is fully present, yet our time and space as we know it um, begins to dissolve. It's a state of no doing, just being. Um, There's a pure focus. um, There's a focus on um, external qualities of whatever object your focus of meditation is, um, the sense-based qualities of this point of focus. Um, And then you transcend the intellect and reasoning to calm the mind and enter a state of what we can call bliss, the state of feeling contentment and blissful pleasure. But then beyond that state of bliss, there is another feeling that is no longer bliss, it's simply an awakened mind. It is a union with the divine. And touching this state of union is so powerful because it makes us realize um, as human beings, how um, how much focus we give to situations that can, in fact, be healed and transformed with this power of divine love. Um, but this uh, state is actually an impermanent state. So because energy is the main part of this practice, and energy is vibration, we consider samadhi at a high vibration. But then, because of the impermanence of this state, it's possible to drop in vibration, even having touched um, this feeling of bliss in samadhi, it's possible to drop the vibration and easily return to the lower vibration of ego, An ego immediately shifts us from a perspective of we, equally unified we, to me. And although we often like to um, think of dissolving the ego completely or eliminating it, it's important to consider the ego as a protector. The ego comes in to protect wounded Parts of ourselves. So there may be issues within our personal experience that still need to be faced with courage and um, covered and even penetrated with this energy of love, even though we know the experience of samadhi and what happens when we lower the vibration and return to facing these. Um, situations is that the ego comes in to protect those wounded parts so in this first layer of samadhi it's really important for your personal intention to be clear it's very important to at this point really determine which side you're on is it dark or is it light and then apply that To every thought, to every feeling, to every relationship, to every situation, and to everything that goes on within your inner world, it's important for the intention to be crystal clear. And from the layer of an awakened mind, we then enter another level, which is that of an awakened heart, where we become free of material desire. Um, This is where we go beyond the mind and recognize that there's actually a heart that is the universal heart. This is the divine source of love. Um, And in this space of awareness, there's full presence and there's a complete immersion in the now, in the present moment. And this is a state that's entered when the past has been resolved, so there has been already the process of the work of looking inward and, and seeing the situations from the path from the past that um, were causing turmoil. and um, now that is resolved, transformed with love and. We're in the state of an awakened heart where in the present moment it is clear that we are creating the future. So there is no past drawing us back and there is no future because it is the present moment that exists. With that said, I'd like to add the importance of the work of going into the past if it's necessary, Because yoga teachers often talk about the moment, be present now in the moment. But the reality is that if there are situations from the past that are tormenting the present moment, it's not possible to be in the moment. That's where we sit in concentration, in observation of what is happening inside and begin to bring purity into the moment, begin to clean up, internally what's going on so that we can actually begin to live in the present. And often along the path, there is a desire to know God. Um, When we enter the third level of samadhi, um, this from the awakened mind, the awakened heart, and um, from this resolution of, of the past, we enter a state that is beyond all desire to know God um, because we recognize that this divine creator um, is a part of us and that we are a part of it just as much as it's a part of anyone else and they are a part of, of it. So it is this higher power, this higher source, but we can just be in it. And then into the fourth level, it's a maintained internal sense of calm. It's a silence and a sense of evenness that can then be attained not only through a sitting meditative practice or laying down, whatever position you choose, but can then be brought into all of your daily activities. So this clarity, this calmness of mind and heart um, begins to transmute all of the activities of the day-to-day, where if you're cleaning, washing dishes, doing laundry, that becomes a meditative act. Having a conversation, fully focused, sitting, looking out of the window, fully focused, um, Mopping the floor, fully focused. There's a sense of internal calm and every activity is done in this state of divine being. And all of these words are really beautiful. Words like divine love, divine being, union, um, present moment. They're easy to say, but how do we actually um, begin to feel them? How do we actually begin to embody them, not just think them or say them? Um, And this is where it's important, again, to consider the energetic aspect of the practice, the the sense of vibration. Um, And the chakra system, which are the energetic centers Um, Along the spine, there are seven main centers from the root of your spine, Muladhara, to your sacrum, which is Svadhisthana, solar plexus, Manipura, heart center, Anahata, throat, Vishuddha, third eye, Ajna, and then crown center, Sahasrara. Um, And these energetic centers... Um, hold layers of consciousness and awareness um, that are part of your personal layers of consciousness, but also hold information about the collective consciousness. So when you tune in to yourself as an energetic being and using the chakras as a guidance system, It's possible to observe your personal, cultural, social, religious, political, economic, racial, educational, programming. All of these things that as human beings we tend to become attached to are actually layers of programming that were instilled to divide us. And these layers of programming are actually limitations um, of our awareness because, with the need to be right and wrong within all of these um, subjects or um, within all of these experiences, we actually limit the wholeness that is us, we limit the um, vastness. That is us. So, when beginning the observation through pranayama, through um, seeing and observing your senses, through concentration in the limb of dharana, it's important to apply truthfulness. Satya, this is the second yama, so going back to the very foundation to apply this truthfulness about your personal experiences and how everything that has created you in this lifetime um, affects your interactions within your inner world but also with everyone else outside of you and when you observe yourself with this honesty in regards to all the quote-unquote good and bad aspects of yourself um, it's actually um, really liberating to recognize when in fact you have been the asshole in a certain situation or in a certain relationship and are able to laugh about it. So along with the focus of the chakra centers, there are four main realms of observation, which is the observation of your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, and your spiritual body. And these four realms also require a dedicated sense of focus and a dedicated study to be able to understand the inner workings of your thought process, for example. And then the emotions that have been dominant throughout your life and why. Um, Your physical body and how you hold energy in your physical body, how you distribute the weight in your body, how you strengthen between your right and left sides, etc. And then also your spiritual realm. And through this held awareness, you then recognize that everything is impermanent. So the chakra system, the energies in the chakras, any balances or, or sorry, or imbalances, um, through observation, can, and through the use of your breath, can be redirected. Um, your physical body can transform, your emotional state can transform the way you think can transform. So when we recognize that everything is constantly changing, it becomes easier to focus on um, what needs awareness in our life in the present moment. So for example, if you sit down in meditation and are feeling an emotion that would, um, like anger for example, that we generally consider bad, when you remember the impermanence of everything, it makes it easier to sit down with that anger and begin to ask yourself questions. Why am I feeling like this? Where is this anger coming from? Where was the, when was the first time I felt something similar? What thoughts or memories arise because of this? And through that, we're able to start the purification of um, this particular emotion. And anger is just an example because it's, and an emotion that is so highly criticized externally. Um, but just because we suppress it or just because we have been trained not to talk about it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. So um, this leads me to the idea that um, before we send our awareness inward are internal landscapes, emotional, um, mental. um, They are like wild territory. Everything exists inside. The weeds are all overgrown. Um, It can be rough terrain. Um, But within that, there is a sanctuary. Inside, There is a sanctuary, and the process of tuning into the breath and um, listening, observing the thoughts and emotions and allowing them to to clear begins to clear the path to the sanctuary. So as we explore all of the limbs, it's important to have faith, It's important to follow your breath, to be clear on your intention, and to always apply love to whatever situation is arising internally. Because when we do that with great care, we are able to recognize that beyond everything that we could possibly experience, there is love. And that love is not something that exists externally. That love is not something that is saved specifically for the good few. That love exists inside each and every one of you. And it is up to you to clear your wild terrain internally and return to your sanctuary And because of the fact that it is energy and we are vibration, this is a return to your own divine vibration where in the limb of dhyana, of meditation, you have been able to reset to your divine vibration. And from there you're able to return to source, the unified vibration, where beyond the mind is the eternal heart. And there's a sense of humility that takes, um, takes over, where we go from the ego, I am, like I am an important individual, into this divine I am, everything, into the realization that I am, in fact, nothing. And when you realize that in this nothingness and everythingness, all beings are equal, and through an awakened and focused mind, you're able to observe everything inside, Divine truths begin to unlock themselves to you. Um, they become available and clear when you are ready to receive, when your vibration is aligned with love, when it is clear that the intention that you have set is one of light. And that love can be directed. It could be directed within your own mind, and it can be directed externally in all situations. So just like the concepts of heaven and hell are in the mind, they don't necessarily have to be a place, um, they exist within the mind, um, so do these moments of enlightenment, these sparks of Insight and inspiration that um, through clarity guide us along our lives and then when we return to the lower vibration we're able to apply them, apply those moments of clarity into our daily experiences. And this is where the daily ritual of concentration and meditation practices, um, breathing are extremely important because with a daily practice the path to your inner sanctuary stays clear. If it's something that happens sporadically then whatever weeds are there begin to grow again and it begins to cover it up. So it doesn't mean that it goes away, it just means that you need to do the work again to clear the path to make your way back there. So when you have the daily ritual in your life, it is just something that becomes so steady that whenever you need it, you know how to arrive to that space. And every day you can set intentions for yourself. And apply those intentions to when you clean up after yourself, when you cook and prepare your food, when you connect with nature, when you interact with other human beings, when you are stuck in traffic, um, when you are late to go somewhere, apply the intention that you set yourself and shift your focus back to your breath and you'll recognize that through every experience, you can be within your sanctuary. And maybe instead of considering samadhi as this unreachable, um, unattainable state of being, or the opposite, something that you obsessively aim for, um, this sense of enlightenment, um, simplify, be a good person, Focus on your breath. Sit with yourself in stillness for a few minutes a day. Clean up your thoughts. Allow your emotions to be what they are so that they can vibrate through you and also clear up. Um, Enjoy your interactions with people. Say hi to the trees. Trust that animals are equal to you. Be kind to your neighbor. These are, these are the things that make a more peaceful inner world and also a more peaceful external world.
1: Well, thanks for listening. That was the last episode for our series of eight episodes on the eight limbs of Ashtanga Yoga. All of these talks came from a program we had going on at Miami Life Center this past summer. We wanted to look specifically at the eight limbs of Ashtanga Yoga according to Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which are key teachings every sincere yoga practitioner should be familiar with. For two months, each week one of our teachers gave a talk, one limb at a time, and now all of these talks are available here on our podcast so that you can go back to them anytime you want, anytime you need a reminder of the teachings of yoga, a reminder of why we do this practice, what's the meaning behind the shapes we make with our bodies, and the one-pointed focus we bring to our minds. I hope you've enjoyed them. We have a lot more podcasts coming soon from Kino, Tim, our teachers at MLC, and guest teachers from all over the world, so stay tuned. If you're curious to learn more about us and what we do, or if you just want to stay in touch, you can follow our Instagram at Miami Life Center, or visit our website, www.miamilifecenter.com. And one quick thing I wanted to let you all know about, next month we'll have Tim Feldman teaching a weekend workshop, Know Your Body. And it'll be November 16th through the 18th. And we also started accepting applications for our Ashtanga Practitioners Intensive Course. It's a one-month-long program uh, where we get really into the teachings of Ashtanga Yoga. We get into the philosophy, the anatomy, breathing, the Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga Sutras, adjustments, techniques, you name it. So for a full month, you're just doing yoga from the morning to the afternoon. It's a lot of fun. Um, you'll find information about both of those things on our website at miamilifecenter.com. If you have any questions, you could always email us at info at miamilifecenter.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review here on the podcast channel you're listening through. And let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you're liking these podcasts, if they've been beneficial at all to your practice. Let us know if you have any suggestions for any topics you'd like us to talk about in one of our episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Chat and Chai Yoga Talks from Miami Life Center. Namaste.